This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action to create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in this tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. Today I will be speaking with Allison Chung. Ms. Chung is the founder and president of Teamworks, a Chicago-based technology consulting firm. Teamworks is a full-service technology consulting firm with a growing specialty practice in computer forensics. Prior to establishing Teamworks, Ms. Chung served as the chief information officer at one of Chicago's top five law firms. She created the firm's technology services department, staffed it with technology professionals in four cities, enabling the firm to be one of the early pioneers of integrated technology. A native of Hong Kong, Ms. Chung has lived in the U.S. since she began her studies at Wellesley College. After completing her B.A. degree from Wellesley, she earned an M.A. from Stanford University and an M.B.A. from the University of Chicago. She attended executive programs at Harvard Business School and the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. While attending the University of Chicago, Ms. Chung made the decision to establish her residence and build her career in the Chicago area. Welcome to the show, Allison. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm very excited about having our conversation. That's great. So let's get started. Um, Can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Of course. Um, I started out as a programmer, Uh and um, then I became a technology consultant because programming, in as much as I did enjoy it, I found myself in a cubicle by myself, and there was minimal human interactions. Uh So I sort of thought that when I was approached at the time by PwC to joined their consulting ranks, that it would be a nice change. Um, Little did I know that that meant traveling 90% of the time to the Illinois Department of Corrections to install trust funds for the inmates. So that was a little (laughs) bit different from my idea of glamour, connected with the consulting industry. So after a couple of years of that, when the headhunter came knocking again and said, you know, how would you like to stay in town? That sounded like a real welcome reprieve. And so I accepted that and I became um, the chief information officer of one of the largest law firms in Chicago. Nice. Um, Thereafter, 
I decided that the core values of the law firm didn't fit my personal values, and I wanted to become an entrepreneur so that I could um, emphasize those core values and start my own firm, and that was like 19 years ago. So that's basically my little winded career path in technology. Very nice. Um, you've got a lot of experience in different areas to know what you like and you didn't like. And so it really kind of brought out in you that entrepreneur spirit that you knew that was going to be your next move. And obviously it's the right move 19 years later. Um, so did you always know that working with technology is what you wanted to do? When did you get that spark or thought that technology is where you wanted to be? You know, it was when I was um, in college, but actually I've always enjoyed working with numbers. Numbers was all, always my thing. I mean, I knew that, you know, as a child, I didn't really like history or anything that had to do too much with words. Mm -hmm. But whenever there, was num there were numbers, I would really get excited. So... Um, in college, I majored in math and music, and it really sparked me, and I enjoyed it, and I did some programming, and I really enjoyed physics and real analysis and topology and all those math courses, which tied in with computers, and I thought it was a really cool thing to be able to string together instructions and tell a machine what to do, so... Um, that was when I knew that I would really thrive working around computers mm -hmm. and technology. And I remembered having a dream that I would one day get my own computer and it wasn't that far off, but I've been with them since. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I always tell young people sometimes you know, when you are like five or six or eight or 10, you might not know exactly what you want to be, mm -hmm. but you do know the things that you like and the things that you don't like. And that's a basis from where to start, I think. That's great. Um, you know, I bought my first computer many, many, many years ago, and I still remember it cost me like maybe $7,000 and I had to take That's out, correct. yeah, take out my CD, which was the certificate of deposit to actually <laughs> purchase that computer. So I know having that first computer was like such a big deal to me and I'm sure the same for you. Yes, indeed. So, um, you know, as a woman in technology, uh, what are some of the challenges you've faced and can I share with our listeners how you overcame them? You know, like 20 to 25 years ago, it, it was challenging. It was really tough to be in the tech field because there weren't that many women. And there was also the impression that people in technology uh, would be nerds wearing glasses as thick as Coke bottles. <laughs> but, but now it's changed. I mean, the, the challenge, the biggest challenge actually was in the 
computer forensics field when we testified the first time, which was like, I think it was 19 years ago. That was our first case. You know, when you go into a room and it's all men and Mm -hmm. it's all Caucasian men, Mm -hmm. um, not that it matters, but it's overwhelming because, you know, when one testifies, you, you want to focus on the facts and you want to focus on remembering the facts. So the sight of a particular agenda doesn't really dawn on you until it's over. Mm. But even today, 19 years later, I will tell you, Jennifer, that I have never seen a woman on the other side of me as an expert in federal or state court in computer forensics. Even in 2020, I have not seen that. So do you feel that women have the same opportunities as men in the tech world since you haven't seen that? Do you think the opportunities are there and we don't take advantage of it? I think the opportunities are there. I do think the opportunities are there. I think sometimes it's personal or professional preference that people don't want to go there because, you know, as we talk about technology today, what do we do that is not affiliated with software? Mm-hmm. There are very few functions that are not affiliated with software, right? Almost everything is software-based, and of course, there's some hardware behind it. So today, I don't think that you could avoid technology, even if you wanted to. I mean, there are a few of us who still write checks from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do because I'm inside of security, and I know what happens. Mm-hmm. when everything is a digital transaction. But I think for women, those opportunities are there. And once again, I say, if you want to do it, volunteer um, in your youth, on your first job, volunteer to do tasks that teams you know, may or may not like to do. Get noted, tell the leadership, tell your supervisors that you're interested in this, that, and on the other, that's technology-based. And there's so many. I mean, in every field, there are technology functions. So I think today is a lot easier than what it used to be, like 20, 25 years ago. And the most challenging part, like I said, was the testifying when you see that nobody even remotely resembles Mm -hmm. uh, what you look like. It's a little bit intimidating, but once you focus, on your mission and the facts, then I think everything that's on the peripheral falls to the side and you don't really notice it anymore. So that that is great advice because uh, it is daunting if you think about it to, you know, be in such a male-dominated field and you're the only woman. I think women kind of shy away from being in that situation because, it's daunting. So how did you get over that uh, feeling of fear, maybe? I don't know what, what the word is, but... There was fear. Know. Yeah. There, there was fear. I'm not going to be dishonest about it. There was definitely fear and concern. I think I got over it when a judge wrote the opinion, and this was in Illinois. Mm-hmm not only upholding everything that I said in court, but in her opinion, she specified and said, the expert witness, Ms. Chung, was so helpful 
in the way in which she explained how she found the evidence and analyzed it, and then she put specific content related observations that which I had made and that really and, and she happened to be a woman judge mm-hmm. but that really really helped me because I, I you know you don't get a lot of validation from mm-hmm. litigators because you're hired to do a job mm-hmm. if you do well that's expected um, I don't know what would happen if we don't do well I mean fortunately I have not had that experience yet Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's not a lot of thanks or positive reinforcement after you do a good job. So when you hear it and when you see it in writing from a woman judge, mm-hmm. that's really helpful. And that was when our client, the litigation team, said, wow, this is really extraordinary. Um, judges usually don't pontificate on the experts and talk about how the experts do, but in this case, obviously, you've done a good job. And that was helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And to that end, for the younger women, I would suggest um, asking for a mentor in a related field, asking if somebody would like to be your mentor. It doesn't matter if it's a man, a woman, whomever, mm-hmm. because I think that really helps if somebody has already walked that path before you and somebody is generous and willing to be helpful and sees value in it, it's helpful to both mentor and mentee. And I would strongly suggest that. Yeah. And women, you know, I feel like we need that validation to build our confidence because like I said, it is a daunting situation you're walking into. And if you walk out not knowing if you did well or not so well, Uh, you continually beat up ourselves. We do that all the time. You know, that negative voice in our head is always talking about the negative side of it instead of positively reinforcing. I try to get rid of negative Nancy every day. (laughs) (laughs) um, Well, Jennifer, you're so correct. You're so correct about that. You know, and I always thought that I was strong and I didn't need any positive reinforcement, but I was wrong because it really affected me when I saw what the judge wrote about me. And I realized that I was just ignoring the voice that said, you you do need validation. You do need positive reinforcement. You do need somebody to say that you're doing all right. So I agree with you. No, that's so true. So as a woman in your field, do you feel that women have certain advantages over men? Um, I know we have some skill sets that, um, you know, foster collaboration and those types of things. What do you think are some of the advantages you have? Um, Because you've had such an amazing track record of, you know, doing amazing work. Um, What do you think the advantages are? I I think for one, which is the obvious, is we get noticed because there are not very many women in cybersecurity and computer forensics and that sort of track, Mm -hmm. that when you come out and you start speaking and when you do things, you do get noticed because there's so few of us. Mm -hmm. And secondly, um, the advantage is when you do it and you've had, you know, more than 20, 25 years under your belt, and you see the younger people come out, you feel very motivated and very enthusiastic 
to bring them along to help them to give them advice and they do need mm-hmm. advice. Mm-hmm. And so I see those as as advantages, uh, you know, along with what you said about women being collaborative. That is so true. Mm-hmm. That is so, so true, even in the tech field. You know, you, you go to these um, cybersecurity conferences, and even today in uh, 2020, well, before the lockdown, if you go to a conference, you go into a room, and you'll see, for example, cybersecurity, you'll see FBI agents, you'll see people from the Secret Service, and they're primarily men. And in a room full of maybe 50 people, mm-hmm. you'll be lucky if you see eight women. And that's today. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine like 20 years ago right. what that was like? So you do get noticed, and if you do good and effective work, that gets noticed. And that gets spread around. So that's a clear advantage. And also helping each other mm-hmm. and, you know, sharing tips as to how to move along. Now, that's that's really great because we need to elevate each other, lift each other. Uh, because, you know, when you walk in that room, you know you're kind of alone, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's so male-dominated. So having that positive reinforcement having that you know mentor like you said or a co-worker really lift you up really helps us know that we can do it and I think we actually prepare much much more than men do because we always have to prove ourselves and so you know there is no winging it you know we always have to prepare (laughs) do you feel you're totally correct you are so correct about that. We do over-prepare because, mm-hmm. like you said, there's always that voice saying, have you done enough? You know, we do a lot of us seek perfection, and we fret over. I mean, for example, I, I, I don't know if you do it, but every day before the next day, I look at the agenda, I list out all the points, and I make a mental or physical note to myself as to what be what needs to be done um, before any of those agenda items happen. So we do prepare. Most women I know are quite methodical, um, quite structured, and they do prepare a lot more than men. And I agree with you about the winging thing. <laughs> we don't wing as much. No, no. <laughs> um, Maybe because sometimes we don't have a second chance. That's right. That's right. We have to we have to prove ourselves. We have to get it right the first time, uh, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So, but that that gives us success as well. So I don't look at that as yeah. a negative, you know, because mm-hmm. we've put the work into winning. Yes, that's correct. So, um, what advice would you give a woman considering a career in t- in the tech industry today? You know, maybe it's somebody that says, you know, tech sounds interesting, but I I don't know if I'm cut out to be that person. What advice could you give them? Well, for a young woman who just um, finished school, mm-hmm. I would recommend that she starts broad. And as I mentioned previously, we are so software driven. I don't know what industry does not use software and hardware. So I would recommend that the woman, the young woman start broad and try to work in a larger organization with multiple functional units 
I would suggest that she requests to circulate around or at least put in the offer that she is willing to circulate around the organization Mm -hmm. so that she can learn at the same time that she is contributing to that particular organization, no unit. While she's learning, I would recommend that she make a mental or physical note of things that she likes and dislikes. For example, um, she might she might note that she likes marketing. She likes the people in sales. She likes the people in PR. She likes the kind of work that they do. Mm-hmm. And maybe she likes uh, attending to details of particular tasks. All of these should be noted down because there's such a broad variety of job openings right now that until you actually circulate and you experience and you make notes to yourself and maybe I'm a little bit too structured and methodical and until we volunteer to take on additional responsibilities within organizational units until we volunteer to help team members we don't get down to the level of the detail of various roles and positions So that we can tell ourselves, okay, you know, these are some of the things that I really, really enjoy doing. I love graphics. I cannot wait wait until I wake up tomorrow and get into the next graphics project. Those are the sorts of things that you want to experience, note down, and pursue, and then perhaps narrow down and apply for certain work. That is in the direction and the... um, road leading to the attributes that you have, that you love. Because I always tell my team members, if you don't love what you do, it's going to show in the quality of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's going to show in everything that you do. And you spend how many waking hours going to a job, you may as well just love it. Because just going to work, just to get you know, a little financial um, reward is just not worth it. Mm -hmm. So that is what I would suggest is to start out with a really large organization, try to get some training, be very observant as to everything that's around and note down what pleases her and then go for it. I think that's Does such that great advice. Yes, great, great advice. Um, I wish I had talked to you 25, 28 years ago because <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out what I love <laughs> and what I don't love and what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. But if I had written it down and been observant, boy, I would have saved myself a lot of hassle. <laughs> so thank well, you for I think that. some of us learn. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I think some of us learn from experience, too, and I did, which is why, remember when I said I was at the law firm, this very successful, very prestigious law firm. It just was not for me. Just because somebody or some organization is thriving and successful does not mean that it's suitable for every individual. It may or may not be, right? right? And so until you get in there and you notice it, you really don't know. No, that's that's great advice. So, you know, technology is so dynamic, changes constantly, and there is this always-on problem that we have. 
So a couple questions here. How do you keep your technology skills current? And then how do you balance your work and just life? <laughs> oh, what a good question. Um, well, you're right. It changes. I mean, not just daily. Sometimes it changes hourly and we have to keep up with it. I mean, there's no way around it other than to keep up and to read and update ourselves on a daily basis. I think especially in the field of cybersecurity and computer forensics, the moment you think you've found a mode of resolution of the particular problem at hand, someone else in another part of the world has already found another backdoor to get into the system. Mm -hmm. So it's never ending. It's like education for life. There's no, the minute you stop reading and the minute you stop learning, the game's over. You may as well just retire because you're just not going to be keeping up with it. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but that's also part of the fun and part of the challenge and part of the lack of monotony because every day is a new day and every day you find something new. Maybe on certain days is a bit overwhelming because there are too many new things. Right. But there's always something new. And you always meet new people and you always meet new systems, new operating systems, new applications. It's just it's just on and on. So how do I balance it? Mm -hmm. um, I have, I think since the um, virus started and the shutdown, I have programmed myself to stop at 10 p.m., meaning stop, all the screens are off, I don't answer phones. I don't check anything. Mm -hmm. um, there are no screens in the bedroom. The phone is in another section of the residence. Mm -hmm. Because it's too easy to be on all the time. It's too easy to be addicted. It's too easy to get excited about an extra two likes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's tough, but I have... I have had to do that, and I realize that I'm more balanced and I'm much happier because those messages and those notifications will be there when we wake up, and there's no reason to have it on all the time. I mean, it's not good for our health physically to be exposed to screens all the time. Right. right. But you said um, 10 p.m. That's yes, late. That, so you've really spent a full, full day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you how do you do that? <laughs> you know, I used to. I mean, when we were doing really large cases and there was a lot of evidence, I used to work until like one in the morning. Wow. In my residence, because that is the time between eleven and one will be the, be the time when the phones wouldn't ring. Nobody would be asking me any questions. And I, I was in total solitude, so I could really, really focus. That was why. It wasn't because I wanted to work until 1. Right. But, yeah, you, you know, that now I... Time. Right, exactly. But now I realize that if we don't have our health, it's just not beneficial to keep on going. So, I've yeah, I've shut down. My clients used to um, expect me to, because I have done so in the past, to respond mm -hmm. up until midnight. Those days are over. Now I stay there and I tell people, I said, no, there's no response to any clients after 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, seriously, the line needs to be drawn. Right. 
and you have to set the expectations because if you don't, right. they right. they will come in all the time and want a, a response. So you're so true. So right. You've had an amazing career and just continue to grow. And I just admire your work so much. What would be three words that your friends would use to describe you? Well, first of all, thank you very much, Jennifer. You've been so kind and generous with your time, with your thoughts, with all that you do, not just for me, but for other women all around. So we are very grateful and appreciative. The three words that come to mind which people have described me and told me that I am are they're thoughtful, loyal, and trustworthy. Those are the three. I love that. What what great words to to be known as, right? And it is such a pleasure, Allison, to spend time with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We hope to have you as a guest in one of our future shows. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Jennifer, and continued success for you. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening, and please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it in person, virtual, on demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast.